Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Bork. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Ah! Bad Philosophy. Episode 79. Recorded on November 29th, 2010. 12-inch razor blades. Hello everyone, welcome and one to Bad Philosophy, episode 79, coming at you once again, upsetting your balance of reality, and uh, we've got some good people here to do it, uh, starting off with Mr. Kevin Saunders and his Chicken McNuggets. I finished them. They were oh fun. my god, that was that was epic. Did, did you have a race? I haven't eaten since like 11 o'clock this morning. I'm hungry. Ah, uh, that would explain it. And... Uh, as he was saying right before the episode, apparently one of them was a uh, double nugget. Uh, at least a double, possibly a double and a half. Whew. It was it's big. It looked like a triple nugget. Picture it didn't happen, man. Yeah, totally. Not believe uh, in the giant it's chicken. It's my tummy me now. <laughs> well, I can send you a pic of my tummy. Hey, we can, that would we be can, weird. We can send him through a full body scanner and see if they discover the double nugget. Oh, great segue. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be talking. Feature to the segue, Stephen. <laughs> that was a good one. I have now. to, um, that was, I, I applaud you there, Kiki. Um, so with that wonderful segue, Kiki Cannon, welcome back. Hello. And, uh, finally to round out our, our, uh, foursome here on the most horrible microphone setup, you know, still carrying over that crappiness from last week, Simon Ponder. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you, <laughs> but it's it ain't pretty. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance to all of you listening. Uh, Simon's microphone does sound really horrible. Uh, you know, I have a high standard for these things, but I'm just going to just going to bite my tongue, drink my meat and hope I don't <laughs> hope I don't drop him from the call accidentally at some point. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, so as Kiki uh, foreshadowed there <laughs> just a little while ago, we're talking about the TSA this week, and uh, I know everybody and their dog has been talking about this this issue, but uh, kind of wanted to get our our you know particular spin on it. So Kevin last week uh, gave a little bit of a um, a preview, claimed to have a a rant prepared or uh, at least a potential rant ready to go on this very subject. So, Kevin, let's just open into it. Why do you think of the full body scanners, the groping, and all that good stuff? I'm perfectly fine with them as long as they're for private use. Oh, my... Sorry. Was, was that it? What, was, no. Oh. What consenting TSA agents do behind closed doors? No, I'm fine with that. But but actually, in some extent, that is that is sort of my stance on this thing. I would be okay with airlines implementing these rather invasive uh, safety measures if an airline could choose to opt out. Okay. Uh, it's a situation where, and to be fair, it's not a situation where that could be possible. That isn't something where you could do that because then the security would be as broken as it is now. We would just know about it. Right. Um, before the show, Kiki mentioned the um, Adam Savage clip of how he managed to smuggle two 12-inch razor blades accidentally onto an airport after going through a full body scan. 
Yeah, which is completely hilarious, and I mean, I'm sure not the first time that an actual deadly weapon has made it onto an aircraft accidentally. Uh, my, <laughs> my sister's taken on um, a pocket knife more than once, I think. Not to mention her 12-inch knitting needles that she brings with her everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I had my um, I had my mini Swiss Army knife that was on my keychain uh, <laughs> confiscated uh, the last time I, I came mm-hmm. back from San Diego. Uh, and I mean, it was a, it was a gift from. I think I've talked about this before. It was a gift from my uh, my sister, and uh, they were just like, "Yeah, no, you can't take it with you." Like, really? Like, it's a freaking. Well, yeah, and, and 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 the thing is, and it's and this may not be quite as crazy as I usually am. Maybe I'm mellowing oh. out of my old age. I am okay with the idea of airport security <laughs> in theory. What I really, really don't like is what I've read and like the term of is called security theater. Mm-hmm. And that's doing things to make people feel secure without actually doing anything worthwhile. Right. Which, um, and, and um, I think we've talked about this a little bit before as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's more for the peace of mind of the passengers. But doesn't something like the, you know, the full body scanners and the groping kind of undermine that peace of mind? You know, if, 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 <laughs> if, if the price of the peace of mind is me getting felt up, like, I don't know if I'm, I'm super cool with that. Yes, I agree <laughs> with that. And I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm probably going to have to fly home in the near future for Christmas break, and I'm not looking forward to either the full body scanner or the groping. I haven't decided which one I'm going with yet. Um, but well, well, it's let's a situation... Talk... Hmm? Go for it. It's, it's a situation where the, the entire security, such as it is right now, is extremely flawed. These, these things are not... The, the body scanners are not at every security entrance to every airport. They're not. And that means that the system is broken. Oftentimes, these sort of implementations get done at big, popular airports with high traffic volumes before they go to the smaller airports, if they ever do. And there is nothing to stop me from getting through a smaller airport with lousier security, assuming that real security exists, that there is a way to completely 100% protect everybody from bad guys on airplanes. So I'm, I'm putting that out there as a potentiality, not one that I believe in, but as a potentiality. Hmm. There is no way for it to be 100% effectively employed. There are going to be loopholes. Of course. And there are lots of them that exist already. If you get someone, I don't know, if you get hired inside of an airport and you have to work inside security and thus you have a way to get stuff through better, there's lots of ways you can do that. I don't know what they are, but I'm not trying to blow up anything. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Go ahead, Simon. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, I was going to say, um, to, to Kevin's point about you know airlines instituting mm-hmm. their own security, um, the thing everybody forgets is that the TSA isn't a requirement. There, there was an airport recently in Florida that said, we're not going to have the TSA on site. It's a voluntary thing of the airports. Wow. So uh, what, uh, I mean, th- they basically won't have security or they'll just use their they own? They have a security checkpoint, but they're hiring private security. And that's what the TSA started out as. Every airport had private security that they contracted out, um, which 
you know, after 9-11 turned into the TSA. Yeah. Uh, there's well, been a lot of uh, a lot of talk and praise for for alternative security methods. One of which being the um, what the Israeli uh, airport security system uses, which they they have highly trained uh, interrogators, and basically every they you know randomly select people, or I think they might do it for everyone. Uh, they'll pull you aside and basically ask you a bunch of you know, drill you, ask you a bunch of questions. Where are you going? What are you doing? What's that? Why are you wearing that shirt? You know, watching you as you answer kind of putting you on the spot and then if you display certain actions you know if you uh, if you act a certain way then they have grounds for suspicion but but they know, also practice profiling yeah and they yeah. profile which well, okay there's been be a fair, lot of controversy about that some sense it does <laughs> um I mean, location, it, we, we profile everywhere it, we're not happy about it and it, we don't like to admit it but profiling makes some sense now that being said profiling if it's completely implemented, will mean that people who don't match the profile will be the ones used to sneak stuff through. Of course. And that's the problem. Um, apparently, and this is from a conversation I overheard in a restaurant, um, so that's as much source as I can put behind it. But there was a woman um, from England um, speaking about her traveling to the U.S. recently. And she was saying that apparently... According to the British laws, it's illegal for children to go through these scanning machines because in that process, excuse me, they are effectively creating child pornography because <laughs> you end up with a naked picture of a child. And that makes a little bit of sense, but whatever. If it, That's apparently the way the laws are there, which means what's the best way to smuggle something through an airport? Put it in a kid. A child. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's these broken it's this brokenness in the security that doesn't do anything. We're not even giving we're giving up basic liberties and not even are we gaining personal security. So like the the Jefferson quote of he who would give up liberties for security deserves neither or however it's often misquoted as Yeah, I think that's that's isn't how it even is. even an effect here. Because well, we're giving them up and not gaining security. And on top of that, you know, the t- you know, the organization is very reactionary. You know, they they react to any any kind of terrorist threat. If you look at like the past couple of years, all all the ramp ups in security that they've had, it's always been because, you know, I I think the underwear bomber was from Amsterdam. He got on a plane in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. flew to the U.S., and so we're tightening security, and it's like. Yeah, Our it doesn't matter. Clearly, aren't broken. It's the rest of the world we got to be scared of. Right, because you know? there's there's that rule that if you've gone through security once anywhere, you don't have to go through again until you're. Which your was that point I was making about ends. about yeah. smaller airports that right. don't get security. You go to a small two car garage airport <laughs> to hang get it. on a plane <laughs> to a bigger airport, and you're already inside security. Yeah. At which point you can go anywhere in the world, do anything you want. Because that's another broken system. Now, I don't want to have to go through security on both sides because I'm tired of being inconvenienced, but that's what makes sense. You do on international flights. You, you, you do pass on international flights. Cust- I've you, done you that. You pass through customs. When I, oh. when I came back from Prague, I went through it twice, and it was a hassle. But again, it made sense. Now, whether yeah. or not the security was effective, again, we had a guy who was asking us questions before we even got on the plane. Um, in Stockholm, which had a terrible security experience. I'd never flying through Stockholm again. Oh, tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, well, the, the system was terribly inefficient. It was very slow. Um, and we, we got to the gate. We got through the main security. We got to the gate. And at the gate, everyone was told that you had to go through a secondary screening. Now, there's no way that we would have known about this ahead of time. And you had to get in one line where they would tell you to go through the secondary screening, and then you go get in line to do the secondary screening. So they literally had to tell every person one at a time to go to the secondary screening unless certain qualifications were met. I don't know what those were because I had to go to it. Mind you, the secondary screening was they would scan your passport um, and pull up whatever that was and then ask you questions. And the questions were basically the equivalent of the now no longer used questions of did you pack all your bags, did you have them with you every time you were here? Um, which used to be a security question that they would ask when you checked into flights. I don't know if you all remember that, but it was around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they'd say, you know, did you pack all your bags yourself? And you'd say, yes. Um, and have they been in your possession since you packed them? Yes. Huh. And that was, that was a part of security screening, which I think is one of those weirdest things in the world because... You could just what lie. What does that stop <laughs> from? Well, I mean, <laughs> even if I've packed a mysterious substance in my bags, that doesn't stop it. Right. <laughs> did you pack this bomb in here yourself? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and if I have, uh, you know, and if they weren't in my possession, you're going to put me through more screening. So why right. would I say no? <laughs> no, just some guy just gave them it, to me and I brought them up here. Which thankfully is why they stop? Somebody realized that was stupid, and so they stopped answering, asking the question. Yeah. But the secondary screening I went through was just that. And maybe they were looking for, um, you know, verbal tics or uncomfortableness. But at the time, I was 20 minutes late from my plane. Thankfully, so was everybody else. The plane didn't take off another hour. But I was pissed off about that. <laughs> so that may have come through in my body language. They didn't do anything after the. They, I mean, they they asked us questions. And it was myself and um, Amy, who I was traveling with back from Prague. And so they asked us the questions together, and if either one of us answered, they were okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, if you pack your bags, Amy would say yes, I'd say yes to the next question, or whatever, whatever the appropriate answer was. You know, is there anything, did anybody give you a strange package before, um, and tell you to take it with you on the plane? No. And <laughs> I don't know why they didn't ask us. They, they were asking other people individually. And one guy, oh, I felt so bad for him. He was standing next to us being interviewed by somebody else, um, was apparently given an envelope by his boss that he hadn't opened. Oh. Uh, and so he technically did not know what was actually in the envelope. <laughs> he was uh. under the impression that it was a paycheck because that's what his boss told him it was. That, that's bad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just it. And now, he made the mistake of being honest. Yeah. <laughs> which is telling you something that when being honest is the mistake in this situation, the system might be a little broken. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> because... I, I really want to uh, uh, kind of move... Okay, the, we know the system is ridiculous. Um, but let's, let's kind of play around with the idea that it might be illegal. Um, one of the, the things that uh, Simon sent me before the show was a link to this uh, uh, underclothes that display the Fourth Amendment when x-rayed by the TSA. It's a, it's a shirt printed with uh, metallic ink, 
And uh, mm. it's basically cool. the text of the Fourth Amendment, which uh, I'll read here real quick. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, uh, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by... Uh, oath confirmation. Oh, yeah, and uh, I know it really well. Yeah, and particularly Sorry. describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So, I, I mean, do and, these and according stands... to that, yes, yes, Stephen, yes, these are very illegal. Um, unfortunately, the Supreme Court disagrees. Well, the Supreme Court disagrees. I think it was because it's a uh, it's a uh, private property. Mm-hmm. Um, these these T well, like I said, apparently these TSA officers aren't. You know, oh yeah, police. it's still a private institution. Yeah, yeah. It's, still, it's, it's not a, a government institution. institution. It's not a yeah. government except for the. Oh, go ahead, Simon. Sorry. You know, and they're contractual employees of of the airport. They're employees of the government, but they you know are invited, and so they're allowed to to scrub that a little bit. Hmm. Um, so that's their justification for it. Yeah, which you is know, a, is an okay like, justification if you had the right to leave. If you got to the airport and you got to the screening, you say, "No, I don't want to do this. I'm refusing to go through screening." Up until about a year or so ago, I may have that time wrong. Um, you were allowed to just leave. You could not get on your plane. You could skip your flight, and you could walk away. No longer is this the case. What? The Supreme Court has ruled that if you have checked your bags, you are required to go through screening. <laughs> mm-hmm. You cannot object to the... Um, and I think it's a $10,000 fine for skipping. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah. A, it's a really steep fine. for. Wow. So, yeah. So, so we have, by, we have by government... checking my bags, I have given up my rights. Now, y'all know I carry um, my little copy of the Metal Bill of Rights, the security edition. Yes. Did you get stopped security for that every time you went through security on your way to uh, yeah. Europe? Yeah. Well, one thing that I've wanted to do, I've, it has occurred to me that I've, I've carried this through security on numerous occasions, every time I've flown for easily the past five years, possibly more. Um, and the thing of it is, is this has got really pointy corners. And if I hadn't eaten all of my chicken nuggets, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid of what this could cut through. And part of me now wants to make a little YouTube video where I get a chicken and slice it and dice it using this thing that I've carried on the airplane <laughs> the past five years. Well, it's like, well uh, you know, that's that's uh, that was Wozniak's point. Yeah. Uh, because he has uh, all of his business cards are metal. Yeah. And he said once they stopped giving you actual knives to cut your meal on planes, he would just pull out one mm-hmm. of his business cards and use it as knife. <laughs> but but they always got through screening. You know, he always had them on them. They always went, oh, that's kind of a neat way to do a business card. Here you go, Mr. Wozniak, you know, and yeah. send them onto the plane. Well, and, and that's mine has never been gets- acknowledged by an airport security person ever. Because I'm I'm not... I'm not one who wants to instigate things at the airport. I mean, I kind of do, but I'm also kind of scared <laughs> of doing so, so I don't. Coward! Because I'm a good little automaton who really just wants to get on my plane and, fine, violate my rights. I've got places to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I carry it in my wallet. I make no comment about it. But the fact that it's in my wallet and goes through the scanner rather than the metal detector, the x-ray machine, um, 
I have a strong suspicion that on the scanner, it looks like a piece of metal. <laughs> it looks like a fat, flat, blank rectangle. Yeah. In no way imposing whatsoever. And if it's that easy to get something on board, just because it's not shaped like a knife, how is your security working? Well, that, I think that's exactly why Adam Savage was able to get those razor blades on board. I mean, they're two long pieces of, of straight... They're like two lines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not even... They're really not shaped like anything dangerous. I mean, It doesn't they, look like a weapon, right. so it must not be a weapon. <laughs> And okay, so so let's let's dive into that a little bit here from a philosophical standpoint. What are we at its most basic level? What don't we want people taking on aircrafts? Weapons, right? Yeah, but the most weapon. But yeah, but the whole idea of a weapon is something. I mean, some object or combination of objects that can be used to harm other people. By that but, definition, I mean, with the right training, you can, I mean, one's fists, one's fingers, one's fountain pen are mm-hmm. weapons. You can turn almost anything into a weapon. This is, this is what, you know, highly trained paramilitary <laughs> agents are going to know. And, you know, the, the idea that, the idea of, okay, guns, uh, knives, those are sort of obvious weapons. Those are, those are weapons for people who don't know of better ways to harm other people. That, mm-hmm. that, that want the, you know, an easy way. Those aren't the kinds of things that professionals, uh, that, you know, groups that do really intend to harm other people are going to take onto a plane. I mean, they're, yes. they're, going, they're going to take things like business cards, square pieces of metal, you know, things that no one would suspect, fountain pens that have you know, a really sturdy structure that you can jam into somebody's throat and they won't break. I mean, so what we're really trying to protect the from... The wire. Right. I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, dude, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to scare the crap out of people on a plane, bring Garot wire, decapitate the nearest stewardess and say who's next. Right. I mean, um, you know... That would so, scare some... people no matter where you were, plane or not. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean... But... I bet you you could probably get some form of garrote wire through security mm-hmm. fairly easily. Disclaimer: Do not bring garrote wire on an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not that we're doing this. We are not All endorsing hypothetical. this. Any of these activities on here on Bad Philosophy, Insert of course. Insert the giant cover your ass statement here. <laughs> right. Um, we probably should have inserted that first, but you know. <laughs> Anyways, or you can just bleep out what she's saying. Right. Yeah. Uh, no so if you bring beep on a plane, <laughs> you're probably gonna be yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe this is is a little bit tautological, but can we agree that the the basic idea of safety on a plane equals no weapons quote on a plane is false? Well. No weapons. See, the thing about a weapon is, is a weapon is defined by its use. Right. If I use a, a knife to open a can of paint, it's not a weapon. Right. It's a tool. So there's a fundamental problem with the way we're going about security in that sense. Yes. Okay. So can, so, can, we, can we all agree that the TSA just needs to implement the, if you could kill a zombie with it, it's a weapon? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a little bit harder to kill a zombie than than a regular person. You know. True, but 
that's really what we're scared of when we talk weapons. Yeah, things you know, that can that harm really, people. That really is. Is, yeah. is the type of stuff you could use to kill a zombie. That's what pops in your head when anybody <laughs> says weapon. Well, maybe it you pops into your head. and your lawnmowers <laughs> and, you and, know, and baseball guns, bat, crossbow, yeah. baseball bat, cricket bat, you know. Yeah. But, all that okay, crap. So, so we can agree on that point. So let's, let's move forward then. What what is it that we should define as safety on an airplane? What should security actually be looking for to provide safety on aircraft? Well, here's here's my albeit imperfect, but my best suggestion for actual airplane safety. That is to say cabin safety. Um we had those those big packages that were coming from somewhere that had bad things in them just recently. That's Very incredibly gorgeous. vague. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean we all. So, many of us have big packages, Kevin. I mean, but, yes, I know. Um, but no, anyway. did y'all hear about this? It was well, yeah, because it was headed for Chicago. So yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was a big deal. Um, but, they okay, were but, hit. They were hit inside printer cartridges, bomb making parts. Yeah, but this that was in storage. That was in cargo, not in the. Yeah, um, that was like that was in like a, a FedEx plane or something. Yeah, yeah. and so that. That aside, because I don't know how to deal with that yet, but for cabin safety, and it's going to violate your rights, and no one's going to like it, but it is the quote-unquote correct answer, in my opinion. I guess I can put that on there. Um, Is everybody who gets on the airplane may not take any possessions whatsoever with them. This includes clothing. You You are made to disrobe and given... A smock-like device of some sort, um, you know, something like they wear in, not in hospitals, they don't have a back. <laughs> like in all, the, in all the, the movies when they come in wearing those big full-body white suits, like those but disposable. Scrubs? Kind of, yeah, scrubs, scrubs would be appropriate. I'm okay with scrubs. Not quite what I was thinking, but something like that. Um, and you, you put on one of those, you disrobe, you put your clothing that you've brought with you, any possessions you've brought with you, into a sealed bucket that has your name on it that you can pick up on the other side. That goes into cargo as well um, and goes through whatever screening cargo goes through. And everybody gets on the plane with nothing but that. (laughs) That Uh... is how you create plane security. Okay, so maybe something... I would like it. I would object but that's that's the closest thing I can see to actually achieving any sort of real security in this situation consistently <sighs> okay well that that's that's kind of the blunt force way of doing it. Just take mm-hmm. everything away from everybody, but still someone gets on the plane who knows martial arts, their body itself is a weapon. Yes, you know, and you and can so that's maybe you can't overpower an entire cabin full of people. Even someone who does martial but... arts can't take out twenty people who are pissed <laughs> off because this guy's trying to hijack a plane. Yeah, Chuck Norris could. <laughs> I, you know, obviously. You know, I think it's already gotten better because of how many times people have been stopped now. You know, because before nine eleven, if somebody was hijacking a plane, the people on the plane rightfully you know, assumed, okay, we're going to some crappy third world nation. He's going to say, I want a million dollars and, you know, free passage out of here and maybe a nice house. And 
you know, it'll be an annoying detour, but eventually the cops will show up and we'll all be safe. <laughs> because that's what happened. Right. I mean, if, if planes were hijacked, they were not used as weapons themselves. Mm -hmm. They flew to some crappy country and you had a bunch of demands and eventually they shot the hijacker and everybody went home. Yeah. So well, or most of nobody the thought... You know, nobody thought when this happened, okay, we're going to, you know, and that's why, that's why it was so shocked on the third plane, the one that, that crashed in Pennsylvania, because they found out that, no, this wasn't the case. They called home and they were like, you know, hey, they've hijacked us. We'll probably end up in Cuba, but, you know, Which I, I still, love you. And they're like, uh, no, they're flying the, the planes into buildings and this is what's happening. Which I'm you still know. like, okay, really? Really, they use cell phones from a moving aircraft. Like they did. There's, I, there's the recording. Well, there's nothing. There's, yeah, apparently, they did, Stephen. You can be I'm, incredulous all you want, but there's record. Well, as no, a physicist, I'm like, okay, really, like try doing that sometime. Try using so, your cell phone in a moving aircraft. It doesn't will, work. <laughs> they actually they do work because you can use them on on uh, airlines in Europe. They don't have that. Hi, Steven's mom. Hi, Steven's mom! Hi! Anyways. <laughs> she didn't get the hint the first time when I didn't say anything. <sighs> Sorry. That's All why right. I, warned, I warned my uh, my roommates. But, yeah, you can use cell phones. You alone. can use your, your cell phones on planes in Europe. And they will work. Hmm. Anyways, before Are we get into that, a truther, Stephen? you know, I was a truther for a very long time, and uh, seriously, still, yeah, yeah, I'm Stephen? still. There are oh, some things that I'm God. still like. I would like to. Stephen, I would like to I see that. Respect for you. <laughs> no, I can explain this. this was, what, Kevin, still. Kevin, this was long before we met. This was long Kevin, before we met. I can explain this. I can explain this to you. My uh, uh, my best friend has it, the idea that in your late teens early 20s you always have some giant derp that you go through <laughs> and so he calls it like the early 20s derp when your brain just kind of stops working i wasn't even in my 20s that, that well i think it, i think it's perfectly valid for your late teens too but uh, somewhere yeah. in that in that span of like five to ten years you do something incredibly stupid you know Look, so. I've seen the South Park episode. I realize it's stupid. <laughs> I I repent from my my conspiratorial ways. Steven, but you know we went to the moon too, right? <laughs> look, yeah, Mythbusters look. proved it. Oh, okay. okay. And, so and so you that know who shot JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Just just because you go off on one doesn't mean you're off on all of them. <laughs> Anyways, no, I'm glad you brought up the, the Mythbusters because, so the other night, and this is completely off topic, people, uh, aside from Yay. the beginning, sort of, but uh, the other, I think it was yesterday morning, um, I was having a dream just right before I woke up when I'm sort of in my semi-lucid state, and uh, it involved the, the Mythbusters and one person that I know from the Apple Store uh, and me skydiving. Um, so I was there with, with Adam and Jamie and, and this other person, and we were all skydiving. And uh, Is this like your Leo Laporte dream? Is this going to end really creepy? No, it's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what? 
<laughs> Leo Laporte dream. What? The the one where you got him drunk at South by. Did okay. Man, I guess I just don't remember that one, but I'll have to go back I don't and think you told that one. I haven't heard it, so I'll have to go back and listen to the episode when I when I did. But anyways, um, no, I um, so we're we're skydiving and uh, uh, for some reason you know the shoots fail, uh, but all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> It's okay, it's just a dream. Yeah, this, you know, I'm like, oh, well, well, I've got the Mythbusters with me. Surely we can think of something. And, <laughs> and Adam Savage, and, you know, he gets, it's, it gets one of those, uh, you know, like, aha moments. And, uh, and he takes his helmet off and, um, and strings it up to, to the, uh, to the strings from his shoot or something or the straps or whatever. I don't know. It was a dream. And, uh, and he actually, <laughs> he actually uses his helmet to, uh, to slow us down just enough. That that when we when we finally make it to the ground, it's not that uh, not that hard of a fall. So <laughs> somehow, okay. you know, the the MythBusters were able to to magically turn a helmet into a uh, into a, a hovering device or whatever. You know, but, in reality, the MythBusters actually have done skydiving myths, and you're dead yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I realized this kind of somewhere in the back of my mind that no, really, I woke up and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool, but. It defies the laws of physics, and and Adam Savage would ever do that. So then I tweet about this, <laughs> and and in tweeting about it, I make the typo uh, that the uh, I I just dreamt the most uh, epic opening to the Mistbusters ever, etc. etc. And I didn't realize this until a few tweets later that oh I I typed Mistbusters and then went, huh, <laughs> that would be an interesting mashup. But of so. course, uh, you know, upon so I get some ideas, I run them through my head, and uh, you know, of course, me, me being the um, the realist that I am, go, nah, there's there's no way that uh, that that nobody's ever done a mashup before for this before, and sure enough, someone had. So, <sighs> I yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Speaking speaking of things that nobody else has thought of before, um, I've been recently reading um, the strip because we're tangenting right now, the online comic strip Darths and Droids, uh-huh. uh, yeah. which is, I don't know if y'all are familiar with it, but I'm, I'm yeah. hooked. It's a retelling of the Star Wars sixology, starting with episode one, as if it were an RPG, like, huh. like a D- Dungeons and Dragons sort of our tabletop RPG. <laughs> and believe it or not, it makes it better. It's done entirely with screen caps from the movies with um, speech bubbles put over top. And it, things make a lot more sense this way. As far as all of the internal inconsistencies, particularly in the first movie, which is where I'm still at. Um, not to mention that Jar Jar Binks is played by one of the player's four-year-old sister. <laughs> <laughs> who is making things up as she goes along, and then the DM just rolls with it. And so it's a perfect explanation for, like, so many things that are wrong. Because she'll just say, um, you have to go through the planet's core. And they're like, what? And they're like, sure, roll with it. Go through the planet's core. And it's hilarious. Oh, please, Link. To Kevin, please. Um, yeah. uh, just a sec. Mm. Are you looking for that, that one in particular? or Well, I'll, the whole thing, preferably. Um, um, I'm going to tell you the dream I had the other night, and I'm going to go have dinner. Okay. Freaking <laughs> okay. Just finish uh, yours, I'll... and then I'll finish my story. Okay. Oh, wait, you haven't finished your story? 
No, I didn't, because the punchline was, and this was the, where the tangent came off of, is the author um, was proud of using the line, Jar Jar, you're a genius. Something that before he used it had absolutely zero results on Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do remember reading that particular strip, yeah. Oh, man. So, okay, story time, Simon. Okay. So, so the dream I had the other night, then this was bizarre because it was like not really night. I'd you know, just woken up and decided to sleep longer, so I went back to bed. Um, so I, I'm on the Enterprise, Next Generation Enterprise, for Sweet. whatever stupid reason, and we crash in or Lubbock, awesome Texas. Reason. And so me and LeVar are guarding the prisoners, Jordy LaForge. Wait, what prisoners? You didn't mention any prisoners. I, I don't know where the prisoners came from. Okay. I, it was, <laughs> there, just, there were prisoners and you were guarding them. Okay. I, I stepped into this mid-storyline, you know, mid line, so I don't know where this episode was going. Um, so we go to the gas station. We start talking to the attendant. And the attendant's <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, if, if you let me use some of those uh, prisoners to, to clean the toilets, you know, Y'all can have a little bit of food, and, you know, you can be on your merry way. <laughs> so, Jordy being, you know, Jordy, gives this civil rights speech about how, you know, slave labor is long. <laughs> wrong. And, why, uh, why, why does it have to be Jordy, Simon? Why, I don't know. <laughs> why is it got to be him? I don't know. <laughs> but part of me was like, this is really funny that, you know, he's given a, a civil rights speech. <laughs> and, um... So, so he does that, and he's like, you should just, you know, buy a condo on New Mexico Highway and, you know, reevaluate your life. And <laughs> That line, that specific yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, New Mexico Highway, where does that go? And then I woke up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, God. And the only thing that popped in my head as soon as I woke up was, my life is Will Wheaton. <laughs> There you go. Wow. I okay, was the so Wesley Crusher of that dream. You that were. Dinner. You were definitely in that role. Um, okay, so Kevin, finish up yours. All right. No, that was Wait, the end guys. of my story. Oh, you, Jar you Jar, you're a genius line. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, <laughs> while I, we're sharing I dreams. A, I had a dream about zombies again. If anybody <sighs> again? Okay, so, Dude, so one it, thing okay, that... It's a proven fact that about four... Out of f- every five dreams I have, will be about zombies or have zombies in them. Because we and we've talked about this privately before, but uh, yeah, Kiki has uh, dreams about the zombocalypse way more often than any sane human being should. <laughs> I never claim to be sane. I have never in my life uttered the words <laughs> "I'm completely sane." No, I I, I know I'm broken, uh, and it's that's fine. why we have you on the show. <clears throat> All right, uh, Simon, if you need to go eat your dinner, uh, please he, feel free. He <laughs> left already, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he oh, I just realized care he enough about gone. the listeners to even say goodbye. Like, Simon I'm Ponder, ladies and gentlemen. Dreams. Simon Ponder. Yeah. Uh, Twitter.com slash Lanier and um, other stuff. <clears throat> but anyways, so uh, I was looking at our form spring. We don't really have any uh, any good stuff. We, we have, why doesn't the FDA approve multivitamins, fish oil, and other supplements? I don't know, because 9-11 was an inside job. How about that? Uh, <laughs> because but, uh, that, they're not that, food or that drugs. Was, that was a form spring question? <laughs> that was a form spring question. Um, because there's not enough evidence to prove that they do anything beyond a placebo effect. Right. For, for, uh, for, most, for most is. of those... 
fish oil that that's that's a bit different but the for most part multivitamins uh what's the what's the quote from the big bang theory um that if you buy multivitamins you're basically paying for very expensive urine yeah. Um, yeah. because your body can't absorb the amounts they put into that so mm -hmm. you absorb very a really very cool thing and i don't know where i can find it anymore um it was on Boing Boing at some point, but there was a really cool graph of, of various holistic remedies and the amount of research that supported them for various uses. Okay. And it was surprisingly informative. Um. I wish uh, you could find it, and then we would all well, be able I'm to enjoy it. I'm searching my feed, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Well, whoever whoever asked that question um, needs to go watch. And I just watched this recently. I've been watching a lot of the Richard Dawkins uh, specials. He <laughs> has one called "The Enemies of Reason," where the second half of it is just about New Age and holistic remedies and why they're all crap. Hmm. And um, he's especially upset because the the NHS, the National Health Service in uh, in England actually will pay for you to get homeopathic remedies yeah that's true um which for anybody out there who doesn't know what these are is it it's based on the idea that if you dilute the active ingredient down far enough that you technically have no more active ingredient left the water that once touched that active ingredient will remember it you know, yeah. it, it, this is literally it's, what they no, say. It's this the is, you know what it is. Ridiculous. No, no, no. You know what it is. It's the most brilliant business model ever because you yeah, have an because... infinite supply of product, you know, of of cheap product that you can sell for a hundred times its actual value. <laughs> and, you know, they will all admit that there is none of the active ingredient in what they sell you. That yeah, it is totally. just water. They it, they totally admit that. And furthermore, that the, the very act of, of creating your product it gives you that, that infinite supply of a, of a cheap product. The, the, very, the, very, the very reason that it's so cheap is also the reason why it's effective. I, I don't know where the idea started or how they were able to, uh, to get it like, going, but... <laughs> some but some idiot in the 1700s that was like, hey, I bet water has memory and yeah. people buy some that. Wall, um, some washed up alchemist was like, you but, know... <laughs> I sent the link, by the way. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, Information is beautiful. Cool. Here's what Dawkins said about it, though, because he actually, he was like, okay, if it's like one part per million or whatever um, into water, he's like, so how much water would you have to do? It's like a, a swimming pool? Well, no, that's too little. You know, how about this lake? And eventually he goes to the ocean, and he's like, what about one drop in the ocean? He's like, nope, you would actually have to ingest all of the atoms in the universe to get one part of the active ingredient. <laughs> that's that's how how much it's supposedly distilled. So that, which is actually impossible. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's it's impossible to even distill it that much, you know. <laughs> so well, the, oh, the graph that you have um, that I've sent you and Stephen should link to. Yeah, is, I've got it. He's really nice. Um, it even has the little worth it line. 
as far as, you know, these things are worth these amount. But if you hover over it, it tells you what that is good for. So, for example, green tea is probably good for helping your cholesterol. However, it's not going to help you with cancer because it's on there twice. It's on uh, there once for each different thing. So, I see. There are things, and, and this, is, this is based on um, tangible human health benefits when taken orally by an adult with a healthy diet and the actual um, useful things that they're good for. Hmm. So, you know, and, and ba based on results. And the ones that are in orange, if you notice the top, are the ones to watch. Those are <laughs> things that don't have a lot of studies done yet, only a few, but have promising results. So that they may be possible, but we don't have enough information as of right now. Interesting. Yeah, I will definitely link this. It's it's a it's a visually interesting graph, but there's not a lot we can talk about. <laughs> no, I mean the, I can't uh, say much about it, but it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of there's a lot of bubbles, people. Um, okay, so completely unrelated to all of this stuff as well. Um, I recently saw the trailer for Cowboys and Aliens. Right. Uh, have y'all seen it? Yes. I haven't seen the trailer, but I've been looking at stuff. It, okay, it. you think you think so, Kevin? It looks good. I think it looks like a fun romp that is exactly what it says on the can. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, and it's one of those concepts that's like, why hasn't this been done before? I mean, gra granted, it's also based on a graphic novel, but so it has yeah, been done. <laughs> it has been done before, but not exactly like that. Apparently, the graphic novel is much more is a lot less dark than the uh, than the movie it will be apparently, because uh, it's okay. Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford and Olivia Wilde. In sort of this, uh, you know, mashup sci-fi slash western flick, uh, looks looks really dang good. Uh, now, granted, the the trailer that's that's come out is uh, pretty sparse. It's it's got you know one the the scene where they first encounter the the close encounter and the first one with the uh, with the aliens and Daniel Craig shooting one down with his his little wrist cannon that appeared inexplicably. Uh, so I, I'm, you know, already from it, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, all right, it could go a few directions. The aliens could be like, it could be a sport thing, like has done, been done in Star Trek, where like the aliens, you know, they, they give one one human the ability to fight back and then, you know, have their little fun. Or it's uh, it's like two factions of aliens and one faction gave him the little wristband and the because they knew the rest were coming or something like that. So uh, I don't know, but either way, it looks it looks exciting. It looks well made, and uh, can't wait to see it. Yeah. I have a question: When did Olivia Wilde go from that chick on House to like the sci-fi <laughs> goddess? Like, God, I don't know, but man, she is getting all kinds of publicity lately. She's staring at me from the Tron poster I just recently hung on my wall, mm. uh, <laughs> and looking so. good too. I yeah, mean, I, I would have I guess never guessed it was her. Yeah, yeah, she's the main chick in Drawn. Um, and and like I remember seeing her on House a few years ago and going, "Wow, I like it, her she's, on House. she's kind of she's kind of gorgeous." But she's not on House anymore. It makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's probably coming back. They're, they've left the door open for her to come back, but as of right now, she's been re replaced by uh, Amber Tamblyn, who I also like. Hmm. Well, and she's doing movies. And who has had a much better uh, career than her dad already, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I miss Joe of Arcadia. That was a show that got canceled far too early that nobody talks about. Hell, you could watch the event and uh, see what's his name from Joan of Arcadia 
hamming it up every week. Uh, I want to watch Joan from Joan of Arcadia in Arcadia. You, I saw something that uh, that she's on recently. What what was it? She she's apparently been in movies uh, recently, but I I forget sure. which. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Joan of Arcadia was a fantastic show, but uh, went away. Um, she was in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, one no. and two. Yeah, that's right. I only saw the second one. Uh, she was uh, in The Unusuals. That was a good show that also got canceled too early. <laughs> so uh, when, when does uh, when does Tron come out, Kiki? Um, it is the 17th of December, according okay. to my poster. <laughs> so right, right the week before Christmas. Okay, well, it's not too bad. I, I, I will like, probably I go see so it. I am so psyched for Tron. Like I cannot. I'm. I, if I had a time machine, I would go into the future when Tron had already come out, so that I could see it. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to uh, to see it on opening night. Those are generally the best experiences to have. Just show up ridiculously to a early to a movie that uh, you're not part of the fan base, and uh, and just kind of absorb it from everybody else. <laughs> Did y'all hear um, what's going on with the Neutron? No. Or with not the old Tron? Oh, what? Sorry, what, not the Neutron. Yeah. Um, Disney is intentionally holding back um, sales and production of the Tron DVD, the first one, because Until they're the afraid people out? will think it looks terrible and not go see the Neutron. <laughs> because in all honesty, the effects are nowhere near as good as they will be in the Neutron. No, they're But the terrible. movie's from, what, 25 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, so they were brilliant at the time. Yeah, but it was <laughs> one of those things that they, they really, they, they're, they have told stores not to even sell the ones they have, to pull them off the shelf. Oh. And, um, and it's out of print. It has been for a while. Copies are going for upwards of $80 on, like, Amazon. Mm. Uh, because... Like a lot of people, I wanted to see Tron, the original, again before I saw the new one. I've still never seen it. I'm not allowed to. Hmm. Well, you know, this would this would suck if we didn't have the internet. (laughs) (laughs) It's still okay. Again, I'm on the side of buying the things that you're able to buy. Oh, screw that! Since you can't buy, me too. No, I am. I will buy a thing if I am able to buy it, but if yeah. they specifically don't want me to buy it, then okay, I'm not well, giving you my money. Yes, then, then it's harder to deal with, and I'm, I understand that. But hmm. now buy the things you can buy. That's why they are there. Support your artists, even if they're in a broken system. I actually Meh. sat down and calculated how much money I had, I had given to Jonathan Colton despite having all of his songs already. Before I ever saw him in concert for the first time, and it was it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like it was, it's just ridiculous, like how much money I have thrown. And it's and it's you know that's true of anybody I like. Like you know, if I like them and they're a working artist trying to get, then I totally want them to get money. You mm. know, if it's if it's you know James Cameron, I don't feel so bad about it. You know, <laughs> because a, he's. Uh... On, He's already gotten more money than he's worth. So, well, there's a you know, well, no, he's for worth Tron. the amount of money that he's got. That's what worth means. Yeah, no, no. They give him X amount of money. Worth he isn't an intrinsic he value. Been, he hasn't been worth that much money since he made Terminator Two. Then why are people giving him money? Because people are stupid. You can't decide what <laughs> other people. What you can't decide what something is worth. You can decide what you will pay for it. 
well, the yes, combined me, factor, he's not worth anything. I get that. But you just can't say he's not worth the money that he's made because that's why he made it. Nobody forced that money on him. Nobody, he didn't steal it from anybody. He was given it for the product that he made. Well, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me just put it this way. If... If you idiots want to pay another idiot to make stupid idiot food, then please go ahead. Sorry. Can you, can, can you tell I, I really resent having had to watch Avatar? Because, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, take solace in the fact that he's probably going to make a sequel. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, two sequels. That's... He's got two planned. Two? Uh, uh, gotta do trilogies these days. That's how it works. I love that the selling point for the Avatar DVD is it's over three hours of just movie. And I'm like, that didn't have enough story for 15 minutes of just movie. You know, where are you getting three hours from? There wasn't Wait. that much plot. So it's an extended cut of the original? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, have the it's probably just a whole bunch of more like, hey, look, I'm flying around on the big pterodactyl thing, aren't I? <laughs> like, go to hell. Okay. Go to hell, James. The, the, the visuals were impressive. That was some very high-quality CGI. I, oh, I, Weta, like, Weta is, is, is my, my god. You know, like, their their graphics are freaking amazing. Wait, but Weta did it? You just don't you want to look at them? Plot. You need plot. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's you know... I'm not going to hours just to watch Weta be awesome. Okay, cause... okay, y'all, y'all, y'all. We did an episode about this. <laughs> Seriously, we, we've already I, I had this episode. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't do an episode about this, I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I was in that episode. Oh, and here's, here's something else. Also on the stupid directors who make too much money. Um, apparently, Transformers... Was supposed to be filmed it, with 3D cameras, but I was just reading today where apparently because of Michael Bay's like gorilla style director, you know, whatever, whatever, <laughs> that it basically screwed all the 3D footage, and now they're going to have to do one of those like post effect 3D things that just makes everything really uh, blurry and stupid. Yeah. The so, post-production yeah, Michael Bay can go to hell too. Transformer movie. I, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't be less enthused about that, personally. I, I had <laughs> to avoid large chunks of Chicago while they were here because I, I would have, I would have shown up and tried to throw things at Michael Bay. Did like, y'all have to see the, uh, the Funny or Die um, remix that they did? Basically, the Facebook, uh, the social network. As if it were made by you know ex- different director di- different directors. One of them was uh, Guillermo del Toro. They had uh, Michael Bay in there. Uh, one of them was Aaron Sorkin, not Aaron Sorkin, but um, what was it? Uh, Woody Allen. Like they they just like went through a bunch of different film styles. Did, did y'all happen to see that? No. I, oh, I man. saw I saw that it got put out, but I never got around to watching it. Okay, I got. I'll find this for y'all. But, Are we still recording the show, or is that ended? We've oh we, no, we've we're kind still of recording. I guess we can kind chatter. of we could wrap it up here. I guess, but this, this is normally <laughs> so. For... <laughs> this is just the stuff we talk about after we're done filming. Yeah. Um... Crap! You're filming this. Um, please, please don't plug it. <laughs> yeah, no, surprise. No. 
Your webcam you has been on this entire time. You should have told me that I would have put on clothes. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. well, you know. <clears throat> we're, we're testing out for Kevin's new uh, new model for security, for airport security. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but for some reason, every time I'm on, I'm on an episode, it's like I have always just woken up 10 minutes before we record. <laughs> so I'm always like in my room in my PJs half awake. So uh anyways, so yeah, we can uh we can wrap it up at any time here. Uh thank you all for listening. Uh <laughs> I know it's Sorry been... about the last half of the show. <laughs> we forgot we were on. Yeah, like uh we we had a we had a serious half and we had a uh, we had a not so serious half. And so so we had it was uh, it was an episode and a episode uh, in that order, <clears throat> which I like. I, I think it's a good model. We don't have any really good form spring questions for y'all this week, but uh, so please post us some good ones, and uh, next time around also, we'll uh, go back to the Bad Philosophy Facebook page. I have responded to people on it. Oh, cool! Well, thank you, Kevin. At least I, somebody. I has. just I literally just discovered today how to see other people posts i just thought nobody was ever on the thing no other people were posting and it made me sad and <laughs> wait so today we're... i saw there's like four posts that have been there for like the last few months and so i answered <laughs> all of them <laughs> you know i i haven't i haven't actually gone to our our page in months um well i it... get a weekly update um from facebook about it okay what why why? Because I'm the guy who created it, and so they give me. Oh, a weekly that's right. Update. Okay, because I thought I thought I created it. Interesting. Um, no, yeah, I so created it's... it. Wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, and you've been posting images on there. Cool. Wow. No, you post. Images. We have we have eighteen no sixty seven people a... find us are friended yeah. or liked or whatever. I invited a ton of people. So okay, I'm an um, But no, um, you posted the pictures. You're an illustrator. You can post things. Oh, of course, your mom yeah, is one of the posters on pictures. here. Huh. <laughs> also changed my opinion that all Americans are idiots. <laughs> yeah, I liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> but so no, I discovered, I rediscovered that, or I, I discovered today that people were putting things on here, and so I have like said, hey, and responded just with everybody. <laughs> so. so please oh, oh, go yeah. and be a fan of our Facebook page that oh, all of us you, forgot Kevin. we had. Yes, Stephen. Stephen is <laughs> well, one I knew of we our had it. I just didn't think anybody was ever using it because I was wrong. <laughs> no, I like this one. Uh, is this the same guy that does the sign language videos? I really like him. Otherwise, I will just unlike you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I tried to be nice in my response. Yes, Stephen Captain Valor is one of our is one of your. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah, one of your regular hosts. Yeah. Uh, we've also had every person uh, to ever appear in one of his videos on the show at one time or another. Uh, that is true. Although only um, only two, three, three people have appeared in videos with me. Uh, yeah, Greg, but, you, know, you. I thought and... it was a neat fact. What about Catherine, my sister? Catherine? Oh yeah, that's right. She... She's both appeared in a video and been on the show. Those right? two things were related. Wow, that's you know that's a really good fact. I like that you uh, that you found that, Kevin. But and I also like that that you um, you put your hosts because I am <laughs> your host, everybody. I'm I'm your host, Stephen. Torres. One of your hosts. Uh... Yeah, okay. And, we'll, we'll go with and that. And I've already admitted that I'm just orbiting Steven's star. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, Tim, I appreciate Tim the... little uh, speck. I appreciate awesome. the gravitational wobble you impart to me, Kinky. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... <Kinda> awkward. <laughs> 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 
how it's that's that's how they do it. That's that's physics, man. Um, I'm awkward, dude. <laughs> anyways, hey, uh, Steven, start dropping things around you and see if you have orbit. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Kevsond, Twitter.com slash Voice of Kiki, and of course, Twitter.com slash S Torrance, S T O W R E N C E. You can also follow us on Facebook. Believe it or not, we are the only page labeled Bad Philosophy. That's right, we got that name. <laughs> Uh, and we have, we're apparently up 14 monthly active users since October, so suck it, everybody else on Facebook. <clears throat> we're actually down to the weekly users, though. Really? You don't oh. get the weekly stats. I get the weekly stats. Yeah, you do get the weekly stats. Um, so we're actually down a couple this week. Anywho, thank you all for listening. This has been a fantastic episode. Um, we do recommend that uh, the next time you go through airport security, uh, try to uh, try to take something interesting through. And uh, if you if you do manage, tell us what it was. Uh, we'll see y'all next time on Bad Philosophy. I could, I could just do lip sync videos on YouTube, and, and they would be just as popular as my sign language ones. Somehow I doubt yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, with all the with all the like annoying girls that are like, oh my god, Steven's so cute. Like, because I have friends that would just watch him sta- stare at a camera. So. <laughs> I could do that too. Um, no production value necessary for that. I. I have I have one I have one friend who occasionally she's over here and if she sees you pop up on Skype or whatever on my computer she'll be like, man I want to do nasty things to him, oh. <laughs> like every single time. <laughs> Badphilosophy.com. You terrible human being.